Sadly, these issues that we're talking about, it's hard to even have conversations about them in constructive ways because so often these issues have been so politicized. This is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast. Welcome. Somewhere uh, this month, we have a one-year anniversary. For this podcast. For this podcast. Yeah, that's a good it point. It might even be today. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> All right. We'll, well check it out. That's yeah. right. And so, then we'll have a special episode. And happy birthday, yeah. podcast. <laughs> First day so, Every Moment His. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, we are talking about uh, biblical sexuality and, and gender, just biblical approaches to that. And uh, that's certainly a, an a issue in our, our culture that's often talked about. It's uh, sometimes talked about in the church in helpful or not helpful ways, mm -hmm. or sometimes it's just ignored and we just don't talk about it. But uh, we really believe as pastors that, that everything is up for talking about with Jesus. I mean, yeah. There's no off limits, right, with Jesus. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's the author of all things, you know, all yeah. things are made for him and through him. And so, yeah, he gets a say. Yeah. He gets and to talk about this. And so uh, today we're basically doing kind of an overview and an invitation to the conversation um, of uh, sexuality and gender, which covers a, a lot of topics. In fact, we're going to do five episodes on this. But before we get there, I want to hear a good joke. All right, so <laughs> I'm glad. Lighten Before we get real serious, bit. just lighten it. So um, when we just had a confirmation service here at the at Holy Cross, and and we were taking pictures with the kids before the service. Yep. And we started telling them jokes as yeah. they would come up because they're nervous. There's a whole crowd of people. We're up in front, uh -huh. and so we decided we're going to start telling them jokes. And um, I started telling uh, a Nebraska centric joke. Okay. And most of the kids knew it. So, and I actually have three for us today. So here we go. So the first one is, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Yeah. They and knew this my one. My son knew that one. He said, come on, dad. Yeah. But my wife easy. didn't know that one. It's a, I think it's a Nebraska popular Phoenix, joke. So, Here, but yeah. here's the next one. What do you call a cow with two legs? I don't know. <laughs> Lean ground beef. <laughs> okay, that's okay. All right, All right. okay. What do you call a cow on stilts? What? High stakes. That's <laughs> it's all right. That's pretty good. <laughs> High stakes. Okay, so that that's the silliness that's, for today. That's funny. Okay. All right, yeah. we can laugh a little. Yeah. Nah. So, anyways, uh, we got five topics that we want to address in the in the coming five weeks, and so today's the introduction. Think of this as a podcast series. Have we done a podcast series? Um, yeah, apologetics. We kind of yeah. did a few in a row. Roman Catholicism. Yep. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, five topics that our culture has shifted on in recent years, recent decades or recent years, and that would be homosexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, cohabitation, a.k.a. living together before marriage, and divorce. And 
you might think, whoa, pastors, that's a, <laughs> a lot of heavy yeah, stuff to talk is. about in sequence. But uh, I think we have good reason uh, to talk about these things first because um, Jesus has a right to everything. And also, the gospel is such good news. It's such good, liberating, forgiving news that we can have difficult conversations. Right? Yeah, that yeah. There's, there's nothing left in the dark. Exactly. It's all pulled into the light. Yeah. Um, good. So we might be talking to a few different groups of people here. First, there might be someone who grew up in the church. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a biblical view of sexuality, and maybe they just don't have the vocabulary right. uh, to talk about things like transgenderism, yeah. which is kind of new to the popular scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, for that person, if that's you, we want you to get better at talking about this. Right. We want you to mm-hmm. speak in a coherent, intelligent way. Yeah. Uh, and be able to have that conversation in your life with others. Right. Because as we seek to show compassion to people and understand people and really just, you know, meet people as Jesus meets them, yep. we really need to do the due diligence of, of knowing terms and, and things like that because. Uh, in that way, we show respect to people, and, right. and we can really tell them that we care about them. Uh, so that's important, yeah. Um, other people might have more of a progressive view, and by progressive, uh, that's just a popular word we use for maybe being more left mm-hmm. rather than more right or conservative. And I really don't like those words, progressive yeah, or c- conservative, because when I look at Jesus in the New Testament, I see that he makes both of those groups uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, so, but because we know that term progressive, yeah. um, um, or I think another term would be specifically re- related to homosexuality uh, would be the, the term affirming. Okay. So some denominations in the mainline liberal churches like ELCA, for example, yeah. will use terms like open and affirming. And by that, it means that they are saying that really the church needs to kind of get with the times. The church needs to adjust its view of sexuality or gender or marriage uh, to be more in line with the culture. Yeah, to accommodate where people accommodate, are at now. Yeah. And often the, the motivation for that is, is compassion right, that we want to be inclusive. And of course, when we see Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus is very inclusive, mm-hmm. eating with tax collectors and sinners. Prostitutes, but we also yeah. need to remember that Jesus is also renewing our lives and calling us to repentance too. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to piggyback on that too, because I think there might be a subset of people listening who don't have a strong biblical understanding mm-hmm. of what sexuality is, but they do have a traditionalist conservative mindset and they yeah. just want to, s- they say, no, that's just not the way I grew up. Right. And so they're going to come into this with, without a biblical um, set of language, but they will bring a very particular view. Uh, like we, we need to just keep things as they are. Um, yeah for the sake of tradition and maybe natural law, they might argue, mm-hmm. but they won't use biblical language to talk about that. Yeah, and, and, and biblical, a biblical view of sexuality and gender and marriage is actually going to challenge both sides in right. pretty considerable ways, I think. Yeah. 
it's it's not going to be just status quo, yeah. right? It's going to be something different because, uh, well, yeah, I don't want to give the other episodes away, but... Yeah. Um, but I, I think our wish for both of those camps mm-hmm. would be to have a deepened understanding of what the Bible is actually saying, to stop yeah. polarizing on this issue so much. Right. And to really dive deep into the scriptural revelation from God mm-hmm. and to wrestle with it. To wrestle with fairly. it, too. Yeah. And that term wrestle is important because we live in an era of memes and slogans and people owning each other, like in yeah, arguments. sound bites. And we really don't think deeply about things sometimes. Sometimes we might even just feel. And so there might be some listeners who are like, I wonder what the pastors are going to say, because if they affirm my view, I'm in. Mm-hmm. If they don't affirm my view, I'm out. Right. And I just don't have time for that. And really what we're looking for is maturity, like intellectual, spiritual, moral maturity that's willing to turn every stone, right? Yeah. Ask every question. Yeah. And so I think we want a bit of a covenant from you, uh, dear listener. First of all, if you begin to listen to these episodes, I want you to listen to them all. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't yeah. just hit a couple of these and, or don't listen to half an episode. Right. Like make a commitment to this. And then the second would be if, if you have things that are bothering you, stirring you up, um, to, to find a healthy outlet for that, come and talk to your pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just slam the door or ghost the whole church or anything like that, but really try to wade into this uncomfortable territory with mm-hmm. us and respond, you know, not with slander or gossip or anything like that, but just with relationship, open relationship. Yeah, and really just to be willing to do the hard work of reading a couple books. Right. Like I've read on both sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. I've been challenged. I've had to think through it. Not always fun, but I mean, I'm reading a lot about like planting seeds and gardening right now. Not yeah. my favorite thing to read, <laughs> honestly, but I want to have a good crop. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so if we're able to read and research on those types of things, why not on questions as fundamental as human sexuality and also what God's word says, right? Yeah, those are surprisingly related. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, a little bit about our pastors, um, uh, what do you want to say? Our pastor's heart in this. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of as we have these conversations, we want to commit to you, dear listener, regardless of your viewpoint, um, by the way, there's probably another viewpoint here and that's, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Would or you I agree? Don't I don't know yeah. or I don't care, yeah. but a lot of times I just don't know. Like sure. I hear like. Miley Cyrus is telling me one thing, <laughs> like Jojo Siwa is telling me something else. Right. I mean, and then I've got the news is telling me something, and then... You have like, Milo Yiannopoulos. I mean, you talking, just got yeah. everything. There's so yeah. many just conflicting viewpoints on this that we may just be like, I don't even know. I have no idea. I'm just confused. Yeah. And maybe it's a help me confusion. It could yeah. be an apathetic confusion. I would encourage people to move beyond apathy to an urgent sense of confusion that Good. seeks out answers. But Good. so we do have some, some commitments to you uh, as your pastors, as we talk about these issues. Um, one is that we are committed to communicating what scripture teaches. Like we're not going to hide anything. We're mm-hmm. going to say, this is what scripture teaches, but we're going to do that in a compassionate way. Yeah, so I think you can err. You can you can be silent. A lot of churches are silent. 
Yeah. Um, and you can also be belligerent. I've seen that yeah. happen too. Or even just be kind of say things that just aren't helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I came to a, uh, a very firm conviction towards the end of my seminary years that I just didn't have permission to not speak God's word to the congregation. Yeah. That's what I'm there for. And right. so I think of, you know, St. Paul at end of Acts, he says, um, I've, I've, committed to you all the counsel of God. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't hide anything. I've told you everything I was supposed to. And so, yeah. um, I've done my duty. The, your blood is on you, right? If you ignore these things, mm -hmm. but I want you to be in the gospel and in, and in salvation. And so yeah. I think that's a core conviction. I, I know, you know, you and I both know we're going to stand up before Jesus. Yeah. And so are the people we're talking to. And I don't want yeah. anyone to say, Pastor, why didn't you talk to me about this? Why didn't you talk to me oh, about man. that? Yeah, man, that's a little chilling. But uh, Sorry to bring it up. Well, no, it's true, though. I mean, Paul is basically saying in, in Acts 20, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to BS you guys. Like, I'm going to tell you, this is God's word. I'm going to do it in a gentle, compassionate way because I care about your soul. Um, it's really that truth and love thing. You can never separate truth and love. You yeah. can't have truth without love, and love doesn't really matter apart from truth. Yeah. And so, um, but uh, because, and this is important because these issues are often very personal and they relate to precious people who are loved and created in God's image. Right. That's why we want truth and love, love and truth. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, so the, the next commitment that we have is that we will avoid caricatures and generalizations, which sometimes on both sides is easy to do. Um, you know, sadly, these issues that we're talking about, it's hard to even have conversations about them in constructive ways because so often these issues have been so politicized, right? Yeah. Um, or get, get maybe... shouted down on either side of things. Yeah, like yeah. maybe you've had a really awful conversation with somebody on either side where it just didn't go well, like Thanksgiving is ruined, you know? Um, so we want to avoid that. Uh, that's why, you know, just like... You know, God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. You know, those kinds of things just yeah, aren't helpful. Kind of cliche. Kind of cliche meme kind of yeah. stuff. And actually, both sides do that. Yeah. Like, I will see some, sometimes the affirming view of homosexuality will quote like a verse from Leviticus, and they'll yeah. totally take it out of context and not <laughs> yeah. understand Old Testament theology. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, it's like... Like the whole, like, why are you eating shellfish kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, it, it pork. so yeah. we need to think deeper than these things. And, and that's yeah. why I don't like memes and slogans is because so often they're not just disrespectful, they're simplistic. Yeah, and so I think another piece of this is we, we may be talking to people who a, they themselves are struggling with um, this sin, one, one version of a misordered sexuality. Yeah. So either transitioning or they're uh, thinking about homosexuality mm -hmm. uh, and attraction to the same sex, or they're just struggling with being single, uh, or they're they're married and they're struggling to to remain faithful. Remain faithful. You know, yeah. there's issues of pornography. There's yep. issues of, you know, adultery. There's issues of divorce. Um, this, yeah. There's so many ways we can go wrong on this topic, and so um, we want to speak compassionately into those situations without causing needless offense. Exactly. I think yeah. that's exactly what we're after. Yeah. So, but we also want some commitments from our audience too, right? We talked about this a little bit, but uh, 
I really appreciate when we can agra agree that, okay, these are my commitments. Can you adopt these commitments too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some commitments that we expect from the audience? Yeah, I think um, one, to, to hear it out, don't make snap judgments. And I think uh, you could ask this question, how would Jesus listen and speak? Yeah. Yeah. So especially for those who maybe hold a biblical view, uh, we are asking you to have an open mind to patiently learn the terms involved and to listen to the experience of those struggling because yes, how would Jesus listen and converse? And I think of the woman at the well, mm -hmm. such a beautiful story in John really chapter is. four about this woman who had so many reasons to not be in conversation with Jesus because Jesus is Jewish and she's Samaritan. Uh, Jesus worships God correctly. She doesn't. Uh, Jesus is male, she's female, and there's some social reasons they shouldn't yeah. be talking. She's had five husbands and is currently cohabitating, and Jesus, but Jesus has a conversation with her in a way that actually ends with her rejoicing, really rejoicing but <laughs> yeah. also she becomes the witness. Yeah. She bears witness to her entire town, maybe even some of her ex-husbands right. Right, in that yeah. town. And they come to believe that Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow. Let's have those kinds of conversations. Man. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. So that's the kind of... we. W and, but he also doesn't avoid the difficulty. He doesn't. Yeah, he, yeah. he puts his finger right on it. He does. He, he says things that are hard, but he does it in a way, man, that truth and that love come together so perfectly yeah. in him. And... Uh, and yeah. another one is, you know, the woman caught in adultery. She's in John chapter 8. Yeah. She's about to be stoned. Mm -hmm. And how does Jesus wade into that super high tense situation? Mm -hmm. He writes on the ground and says, you know, y those of you who are without sin, throw the first stone. So he, he brings us all into the same category. Yeah. Um, and then he disarms the crowd. And, and I then think he that's says, go and, and sin no more. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I always wonder if, if what he was writing. Yeah. If he was writing maybe like a, it's like an Ashley Madison leak, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, here's all the people that you guys are sleeping with. Yeah. Their names. Their names. Or, I don't know. We or, don't, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But it's it could be. It could yeah. be that he was writing their sins on the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. So, and that kind of helps us with our next point. We want to continually understand that Jesus came into the world to forgive sinners. And I think what's important is, uh, Pastor John, is there anyone in this, on the face of this world that is going to be saved by a perfect sexual, sexual life? No. <laughs> okay. No. So a pure as the driven snow sexuality is not going to save you. No, it's not. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's why, you know, wearing a purity ring and abstaining until yeah. marriage and being a, a sexually moral person, or as Luther says in the catechism, that we'd live a sexually pure, pure and decent yeah. life, that's not going to save you. Right. Uh, because Jesus is. Yeah, and, and no one has, has ever not had lust in their heart. Yeah, in thought, word, and deed. Right. We have all Or some kind of sin and fallen short of the glory of God yeah. in this area of sexuality, too. Yeah, so yeah. being uh, a heterosexual, uh, married, committed, monogamous person, that's not salvation. Doesn't get you credit with yeah. God. No. It, it is a blessing. It's a blessing. In this creation, it's a good way to love your neighbor. But it does not justify you before God. 
Good. Right. Okay, so, so Jesus came into this world to save sinners. For that reason, he died. Um, uh, yeah, and the third one is, although some of these issues are often politicized, um, most people in these situations aren't politicized. They're not yeah. looking for a political solution or in a political yeah. situation. And, and, and this is one of the saddest things is that, you know, many people who are, who are living with gender dysphoria, for example, mm-hmm. we'll unpack that term in a later episode, but, you know, they do not feel as if they, um, that their lived experience corresponds to their, uh, their sex assigned at birth. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, a lot of those people are suffering and, and dealing with that dysphoria but that doesn't mean that they're out, you know, like trying to change laws yeah. with, you know, proposed health standards or right, health education right. standards. You know, you have a very vocal group pushing and, and we call these influencers who are trying to influence the culture. But, you know, a lot of people who are struggling are just struggling or That's living right. with this. And, and so we have to be able to just like distinguish between the pol- uh, politicization yeah, of these issues and the people struggling, because that's when we just misunderstand each other, and yeah. that's why it's so hard to have constructive conversations. Thanks a lot, news media, <laughs> yeah, both okay. sides, by the way. Thanks a lot, Fox <laughs> News and CNN. Um, <laughs> yeah, just we, so we don't want to be pitted yeah. against each other. We also don't want to caricature people right. um, in one camp or another. We want to actually talk to people here. People, because yeah. people, people are the ones Jesus came to save. Yeah. Uh, But also we want a commitment from those who are hesitant to listen to the biblical view on these issues, Uh, or maybe people who are tempted to adjust scriptural teaching to culture. Uh, We're really asking you, audience, uh, if this is you, to have an open mind to to God's truth, really at any expense. Um, You know, people sometimes will ask me, Pastor, what is the church or your church teach about sexual issue X, Y, Z. And the way that I would typically respond to that is, what would you like the church to teach? Sometimes people are taken aback by that. They're like, wait, your church just is kind of like Burger King, (laughs) you know, you can have it your way. And I'm like, well, the reason I ask that question is because it's revealing. What do you want me to teach helps us to recognize that we have preconceived ideas that we want to be true. And sometimes we might even hold the scriptures or our church community at arm's length and we'll say, I'm only going to adhere to scripture and to this community if this church community and scripture bend to my already pre-existing judgment on sexual issues. So it's not that I want to find a church that conveys clearly, no holds barred, God's word to me. Yeah. It's that I want to find a church that already agrees with what I think. Right. And it was, it was very unsettling because that means that we actually believe in ourselves yeah. and we are not trustworthy on everything. Yeah. You know, so I saw a online, I was doing some research from different denominations and I found this flow chart that was like, what denomination are you? And it said, do you believe this? Then yes, no, yes, no. And I was just thinking exactly this. It's like you're looking for a church that agrees with you. Yeah. If you go through that Yeah, right, right. So we want to avoid that. Um, And so another helpful question that I would just hold out to listeners who may be more skeptical or maybe uh, doubtful about the scriptural teaching on sexuality is this. If 
God created gender and sexuality, does he have a plan for these things? Hmm. Does he have a say? Does he have an opinion about sexual ethics? I mean, because we all agree there should be sexual ethics. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big word for secular, the secular world is consent. Yeah, permission. Yeah. Permission, yeah. but but even then, how do we arrive at consent as a thing we desire? We have to have ethics behind that, right? Yeah. And, and so... If God created gender and sexuality, does he have a plan for it? And if so, what might that plan be? And how might we know? How would God make that clear to us? Would it be through scripture? Would it be through uh, reason? Would it be through our experience of the natural world, like biological categories? Yeah. Or, or maybe would it be cultural maybe conversation? Or would it even be yeah. through feelings? Yeah, right. You know, through what I feel or experience. And so, yeah. And then a final thing, too, for our audience uh, is that just to know that God desires your joy. Mm-hmm. This was such an epiphany for me when I realized this that anytime <laughs> God says no, yeah. it's because he wants to say yes to something better. Yeah. And I think I realized, that, realized this as a parent. Because as a parent, you have so many situations where you have to say no. <laughs> and it's typically <laughs> yeah, right, because right. you have a, a better a yes. Better, yeah. and, and so God really desires your joy. And so, dear listener, if you're going to take this journey with us with an open mind, know that God is not trying to ruin anybody's happiness. He's not trying to make our lives oppressive and difficult. Really, Jesus Christ went to the cross to secure our joy. Mm-hmm. But he also said that we are to take up our cross, and that's for our joy, too, that we really can't live unless we die. And that applies to everybody, yeah. regardless of their sexual attraction or their, um, yeah, we, we're all called to find joy through, through negation of self. Yeah. yeah, I think if it is the case that God created us, uh, he knows what makes us tick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He knows what we need. You know, and especially in the person of Jesus, he has shown us what we should be, what we will be mm-hmm. in the, after his mercy is done with us and his grace. And that's so good to know because I think that our culture is very hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. We sexualize everything, whether it be Barbie dolls that are just, you know, really create a false body image yeah, or yeah. it's, you know, TV shows like Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. <laughs> Or it's, uh, you know, popular music. I mean, everything is hypersexualized, And that is because even sociologists who are not Christian have recognized that in the absence of God being the, the focus of our culture, sex and romance mm-hmm. have kind of filled that vacuum mm-hmm. and have become the thing that we worship. Well, and this is nothing new in cultures, you know, like uh, because it's such a powerful dominant force, you know, the reproduction of life is incredible and because of that is i mean the look at the old testament people and the new testament people in the old testament they were worshiping asherah poles you know they were they were worshiping these gods fertility gods phallic symbol right yeah right right yeah uh baal right is also a phallic kind of uh god Mm -hmm. they would have ritual you know sexuality um they get the people of israel got in trouble for that yeah. Uh, and then in the New Testament, they're worshiping uh, in Ephesus, the, the temple of Diana. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is there one of the wonders of the world? And that is all about fertility, right? It's all yeah. about um, sexuality because this is the dominant creative force in the world. Well, and it's interesting, too, that this is why the New Testament has so much to say about these issues, because mm -hmm. the Greek and Roman world to which uh, Paul wrote and ministered, uh, their sexual ethic was very close to ours. Yeah. And uh, so I there's a lot in the New Testament about these things because um, history, nothing's new, right? Um, so, and then finally, a final commitment from our audience, regardless of your viewpoint, is this, is that for everybody to keep the conversation open, right? It's just really too easy to just quit the conversation, retreat to an echo chamber, just ghost people and say, don't even want to talk. You know, mature Christianity is able to think and talk about uncomfortable topics. Um, so just the challenge there. Okay. Yeah. So an outline, what we're going to commit to is each week we're going to take this, this I one of these terms, one of these ideas. Mm -hmm. We're going to clearly define it. Clearly define the terms, yeah. We're actually going to open the Bible, dig through the scriptures, talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to wrestle with some common objections or some philosophies that would push against what the scriptures say. Kind of some yeah, but yep. kind of stuff, yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk about how we walk through these issues as individuals or walk with people who are struggling as Christians. Right. Kind of like a now what? Yep. How do we apply these things? We'll also make some book recommendations. So for each of these topics that we address, there are a lot of really good books and also books written by people living in these situations. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to read the books about homosexuality, for example, by people who experience same-sex attraction. Yeah. Or who have lived in, say, the, the gay or the lesbian community and actually came out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really trust those books much more than I trust... Um, well, there's good scholarship written from people who are heterosexual, but... Um, and who are homosexual, actually. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but I, I really trust those books that yeah. are written from the person with the lived experience the story of I'm experiencing these things right now and so I'm writing out of that and yet I'm affirming a scriptural view. Yeah. Uh, I have all kinds of respect for that kind of courage. Yeah. So cool. All right. So that's right. that's our journey. And we're gonna do that and we just encourage you to to stick with the journey. Um, put in the earbuds. Yep. And and listen. And if you have questions please do send them our way. Mm -hmm. uh, you can email either of us. Yep. Talk uh, to us in our office at coffee. Any of that. Any of that. All right. God's peace be with you.